Been a little while, everyone, but welcome back to The Jungle, presented by Deserto, Digon Dom, and Monty here to break down all things that happened in the league world recently. Obviously, MSI has taken on uh, a lot of the world with its own bumps, with its own bruises, with some successes, but, you know, lag that wasn't actually going in. We have reworked champion that Dom feels very passionately about. Uh, so let's hop right on to it. MSI, uh, Monty, uh, it's been Shit. quite quite the show yeah okay the show ahead. of shit as some might say <laughs> i i yeah, abbreviate that to shit show most of the time yeah uh it has been relatively predictable in terms of results this playing stage wasn't so great as well the as only thing issues that was that unpredictable was the ping on the tournament realm that the players yep. were playing at that was the only unpredictable thing about this event so far uh the players were saying it felt more than what was being put on into and you know there was no response from riot right away and they're like, i'm sure in the back end it was like hey you know uh definitely not our, our stuff couldn't break until they realized oh actually the ping is somewhere way 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 higher dom yeah i mean it's super weird and then i think that that just already changes the 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 tournament i mean they the idea that then you just like remake the games and it's like fair. I mean, there was a bunch of questions. I got into it with people on Twitter, uh, as always, with that. I'll get that into it with you now, because I think it's the correct decision to make to replay those games. Yeah, I think I think so, too. I think it's the correct decision, but I don't think it's a fair decision. I think that those things are, are different. I think they like the there's no way that it can be fair that RNG has to play three extra games. And this is under the assumption from from what people said, this is under the assumption that the same way that if a bug affects you in game the team who's affected by the bug gets to choose whether to play through it or whether they want to remake you would assume that the same rules would apply here where if a team actually won and they were the team that was under like the negative circumstances they would get awarded with a win um so pretty much rng played three games while the enemy team was admittedly lagging but were they lagging hard enough to the point where like the results just were completely invalidated? They're just ping spiking all over the place. It's just like, if, if that's how bad it was for fucking everyone, literally just fucking cancel the whole tournament. If it's that bad for everyone involved, then you're not even playing competition anymore between the teams, right? There's no point of the tournament if it, because idea what, what we heard happened was that this was actually happening on the server for everyone that was actually at the studio. So the idea then, but that the, the difference is, okay, so hold up. Well, let me address that first point first. I think what was happening was that they had, well, RNG had 35 ping. The reality of teams that were playing on site was more like 60 to 70 ping. So I don't think it was spikes so much as just a latency difference between RNG and the other teams. So therefore the other results would have been two teams playing on 60 to 70 ping. Whereas the problem with the other results was RNG was at 35 and their opponent were double that yeah so if it was a consistent ping so this is this is what's like I, i've been hearing different things about that hasn't been made completely clear was it just that two teams were playing on the same ping but it was an inflated ping so they're both playing on 60 ping but it was a stable 60 ping or was it that they were spiking between 35 and 75 ping like consistently like they were just at random right. intervals spiking and there was no predictability as to like when people would spike and when they wouldn't spike um if it is a, just a standard ping, then I feel like there's actually a solution to that, that that would be more fair towards RNG. Like, I think that the idea that RNG, sure, they have an unfair advantage in those games. The fact that then they have to win three games that, that don't count with an advantage, like 
the idea that you would just win those games no matter what the skill level, I'm not 100% on board. Like, I would love to see T1 play on unstable ping versus a 35 ping A's gaming in group A and see if, like, A's is going to suddenly win because they're on less ping. Like, I don't think that the ping is right. going to matter that much, right? Like, Go. I don't think it's the determining factor, the single Shh. determining factor, whether it if whether you win or whether you lose so sure but the, the problem is is that it's the tournament operator in this case riot's job to provide the even playing field for teams and when the yep. tournament operator fails to provide the even playing field then the games must be replayed and it had it gone the other way right had rng had the higher ping and they won those games anyway there wouldn't have been regames because they basically they would have given rng the option to replay those games and then they would have just said no because they won them all Sure. I mean, so then it gets in, so like this is why I think that it's not a fair solution, right? Like I think that a fair solution would be then to have RNG play with inflated ping versus this team. So whereas so like you look at I don't know like what you do to do this, you connect to a different server, you have them use whatever fucking tool you send it to RNG, you make RNG. Wrongs don't make a right, them. Dom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's not about making it right. It's about making it fair. Like, having so, to but, win but see, the, three games. the problem, the problem with that is you're trying to create an even situation for all teams at the tournament. So in that case, they would have had to apply those same rules to the second round Robin with, you know, every other team. Potentially, you have to understand the goal of this was to create an even 35 ping environment. So they have to replay those games so that everyone is playing under the same conditions. Like, I understand in this one instance why it might you might think that, but it also has to apply to the the playing field that everyone else is playing on at the same time. You, but I mean, you'd assume that they would correct it for the rumble stage, right? So then it wouldn't be necessarily applicable there. Like that would only be in the case that now RNG is like still having some type of a ping advantage, which like the whole thing. I mean, look, it, I don't know what you do in this situation. Look, I don't hear the lo the most. The most logical thing to do is actually to replay all of the matches that were played on 70 ping. If I'm being real, uh, because yeah, even though sure. teams had the same disadvantage, again, it's about the environment. So, you know, the teams played half their matches on 70 ping and then the the second round Robin was played on 35 ping. Right. Even when the ping was the same. So realistically, you probably should have played replayed every match in the first round robin but they're not going to do that so i think as far as practical solutions go this is a good one sure i mean yeah. i think that that part of the reason why people don't care is because rng is like so much better than these other teams yes. that it's like oh they're just gonna 3-0 <laughs> them again like oh they're just gonna 9-0 them if they have to they're gonna fucking 15-0 them they're gonna 30-0 them they're gonna fucking 90-0 them if they have to like they're just that much better they're in a class above sure. these these other teams so i think that that's part of it but like Sure, like I, I don't think it's it's R, I don't think it's RNG's fault. It's the tournament operator's fault, right? I don't think it's the other team's fault or anything. I just think that the result is like if you told me, right, and I was playing a competition that I just had to fucking play three games that didn't count against a team. They get to fucking scout all of our drafts. They know how we play. They get to like who do you, who do you think is learning more from from those games? Sure. Even if you nullify them, the team that yep. fucking loses to RNG is yep. always going to be benefiting so much more from having these extra games, these extra these extra and like sure if you gave me as a competitor when i was a pro, pro player you gave me three games at the beginning of a tournament like hey your first three lcs games they matter for the enemy team the enemy team has to beat you you're going to be playing on fucking like higher ping but you get to just see what they do you get to play those games and if hey you win any of them for some reason suddenly those count like okay sure i'll take that every single fucking day it's definitely like an unfair advantage um, so, I mean, there's there's a bunch of things. Number one, RNG shouldn't even be at the tournament, right? Like, realistically, they should have just, if RNG wanted to compete, 
you would have to just have them play on 35 ping and everyone else play on stable ping. I think that's the most reasonable solution. But the real, yes. the realistic situation is that China has been so fucking dominant over the last four years in League of Legends that you can't have an international tournament without China. It's like they're, they're the team that is most likely going to win almost every international tournament. I think this is, this is different because T1 is favored. Obviously, Dom won one Worlds in 2020. But you go from like 2018 plus, it's like one title to, to Korea, one title to EU, and then like seven titles to fucking China. You know, like they're just like dominating everything. So, I mean, yeah, I guess this, this situation is, uh, yeah, they just have to have them at the tournament. But I mean, I, I just think that the whole tournament has this huge asterisk on it because of all these factors. Everyone's of playing course. on increased ping. Then you have like these Korean teams that literally play on zero ping all the time. So now they're in an environment that's super uncomfortable to them. So even if everything worked properly, you'd still have the conversation of, oh, well, Chinese players are literally used to playing on like 40 ping. They literally play on this in Korean solo queue and Korean teams don't. So they have natural advantage there, even if everything worked perfectly. So I just feel like the whole situation is just really weird, but I completely agree with RNG's statement that it was an unfair result to them. Like this, this, this part of it was an unfair result to them. It was more unfair to their opponents, which RNG statement neglected to mention any kind of sympathy for their opponents having to play at a disadvantage that was caused by them being in this tournament and the decisions that were already made. Realistically, RNG should have been forced to play on ping. Everyone else should have just played on the natural ping to the local server because RNG couldn't show up. And that's the penalty for not showing up. I get that they can't show up, but... There's no reason to punish 10 other teams because RNG, the government of the country in which RNG is located, prevents them from attending this tournament. So I, they got to suck it up. And I agree, you cannot have this tournament without China for business reasons. Like 90% of the viewership would go down the toilet, basically. Um, and it wouldn't be a legitimate result because there, it wouldn't be a competitive event, even though G2 does look pretty good right now. And maybe it will be competitive. We will wait and see on that one. But fact of the matter is, is that people don't understand that this is the fundamental flaw with the format of MSI, which is that if a Chinese team or a Korean team does not attend, there is, it's not a good event anymore. And when you put that much competitive integrity in the hands of a single seed or a single seed from two regions, it's broken. It's broken because they can dictate the terms of the event, which is exactly what the LPL team is doing right now, in order for it to not be a good event or a fair event um, or a reasonable event. And we have to introduce all of these. We have to bend over backwards and introduce all of these solutions, because if they do not attend, the viewership goes in the toilet and it, it's just not competitive. That is a bad format. That is a fucking bad format. You cannot have that much power in a format, go to the teams. Now, if a, if a Chinese team, if one of the seeds from China didn't attend Worlds, it would still be okay. If all of the seeds from China didn't attend Worlds, it would still be an okay event because it would be competitive between the Korean teams that were attending and maybe the odd European team or two. Would it be a worse event? Yes. Would it still yes. be compelling to watch that event? Also, yes, right? But the problem is, is the Chinese team doesn't attend or if the Korean team doesn't attend MSI, it is dog shit. And that's so, the problem with the format. I, I, I agree that it was an uh, that like the other teams having to play on ping. If the results stood up, then it's definitely like unfair for the other teams, not unfair for RNG. The point I'm making is that 
at the end of, of the situation, the result is to, is it's unfair to have to play three games and be required to win those games, even if they are, the enemies are lagging. Like, that's the part that I think is unfair. Like, I would never want to, like, if I was if I was RNG, I'd be fucking pissed. I think any player that it's like, so I just had to win games just so that they get a remake. Like, how the well, fuck is here, like, how here's, the fuck here's that the, ever be fair? Here's the joke, Dom. Here's the joke. What, what, what would have happened if RNG refused to play the rematches? I mean, I, I assume they would just get kicked out of the tournament. I don't know. I don't think they would. I don't think they would have either. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't think they that, would. That was your competitor brain, Dom. Like, well, I, no, I, I mean, agree. It just, it just based off like reading between the lines, it seemed like their options from Riot, based off like what the head coach said in his statement, was we either replay these matches or we drop out of the tournament. It seemed like those were the only two options that were considered. Didn't seem like there was any option of like, maybe we just. I, I, I believe that that is what Riot told them. But I, yes. I also, I also don't know what would happen if they actually tried to play a game of chicken with Riot, because yes. Riot already. This is the problem again with the format is that Riot already bent the rules so much. Where is the fucking line here? And this is why this, this is the, this is the very fundamental flaw, and it's the ultimate flaw with this format is you see how much power these teams have, and I don't know if Riot would have kicked them out of the tournament or not. I'm not sure that would have happened because they've already bent it so much to allow them to participate because they need them. Um, now, would it be worth the backlash potentially from the fans? I don't know. But I think it's an interesting thought experiment to seriously ask ourselves what would have happened if they refused to play in these in these rematches. And I think the answer is Riot doesn't kick them out because they need them for the viewership and they need them to make the I mean, the viewership numbers are already way down from last year. It's dropped about 37 oh. percent. Yeah. Um, uh, there's an article that was released on ES charts today that said average concurrent viewership and total viewed hours is down 37% in this phase of MSI compared to last year. It's a huge drop. Now it doesn't include Chinese viewership, but that's not available to us. But among the, the other language metrics that we have, it's down 37%. Right. I mean, and, and obviously I mean, the viewing time is pretty trash for the of course. West. But like the, I mean, part of it is this: like, literally, I get paid to watch the matches live, and I still won't even fucking watch it. Here, 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 Dom, I won't watch it. You know what I mean? Here, here's a funny thing: like, we did summoning insight today. I couldn't find a guest because no one had seen the games. I mean, I, I watched the games afterwards, but I, <laughs> I didn't have to watch it. You know, like, I, I, it was just I was trying to avoid. I mean, I just feel like it's who cares, bro? Like, I don't understand how you can have this huge amount of time spent on watching major regions kick the shit out of like OCE, like watching G2 and EG just 8-0 fucking OCE. Like how fucked up is that? Like think about like, it's like emotionally damaging these players. Have you seen some of like the fucking cameras afterwards? You have like players like crying and shit because they're so fucking embarrassed that they went to an international tournament and how hard they're getting beat. They're like, there's no way where this is this bad. Like, oh man, it feels so fucking terrible for them. The, the wildcard teams don't even want to put be put against these teams in this stage. Like the whole idea between wildcard regions is they have international fucking drama with each other. Like Turkey yes. wants to prove that they're better than Brazil. Brazil wants to prove that they're better yes. than Latin America. OCE wants to prove that they're not just this shit region that doesn't have a, 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 an actual tournament structure. LJL wants to prove that they're better than, than, than these other regions too. All those teams want a, a tier list of who's better than, than who at yes. the end of the day so they can pride their region on it. But we don't get that in this tournament. We get Correct. It's like, okay, I guess Brazil lost one less game 
than Turkey lost. I guess Brazil's better. Oh, we don't get a best of five, which actually would be fun to watch between those regions. I would watch that. You know, I'm not going to watch Team A's get blasted by T1, but I would watch like Brazil versus Turkey in a best of five. 100%. It's not I mean, terrible. We watched it literally last year. I literally like we watched it last year during Worlds in that first section where they do like fourth seed versus third seed. Like th those are fine best of fives. It's 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 not about play. It's not about watching lower quality competition. If I didn't want to watch lower quality competition, I wouldn't have watched LCS for the last three years. It's about 10 years. <laughs> yeah, three, three years. Like, it wasn't as bad when he was in it, Monty. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, All right. Results. results I just wanted, compared I to won't the rest pick of the that world, <laughs> definitely things were going better in season four, season five than it, than it was now. All right. That's all I'm going to fucking say, but Thanks, <laughs> Nine. there used to actually be, Hey, look, in my days, it was actually some NA versus EU. Like which region is better? Like who knows? Like NA did better at world season four, but at MSI fanatic looked really good. Season five, there was some drama back then. Now it's just like EG shows up. Even when G2 gifts them a game, they still can't fucking win it. So jeez. <laughs> oh, my point is that so much of this tournament is just like, it's like filler episodes, dude. It's like, I, I don't need to see RNG play fucking nine games against wild cards, man. Like they, I literally just watch them play best of fives against like top esports and V5 and shit. Like yep. I don't need to watch this. <laughs> well, actually they didn't play V5, but you know, you get the fucking point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ashley Kang put out that tweet earlier, I think for may 12 saying like international rivalries for esports are great and help with viewership statistics and are healthy for the scene i like international rivalries and uh pabu one of the biggest names out of the ocean region said hey man more minor regions versus minor regions how troll is that that order goes to msi and can only play g2 and eg i really value getting slammed by rng for four entire games last msi and it was really fun but also i would have liked to have the opportunity to play against people of a closer skill level so that what you're saying right here is i think you know what, what we you, would have liked to have seen the problem is you can solve this problem you, you can solve this instantly right and if uh, i i suggested this on si earlier today but it's like here's here's what you do okay you still have 12 teams at this tournament you divide them into <clears throat> you divide them into the four groups or three groups of four or you can do four groups of three you pick okay uh for tiebreaker reasons, it's probably better to do three groups of four. You play a double round robin in those groups. So just the same thing we just watched, right? Yep. Four teams, the three bottom teams, one from each group, are seeded into the loser's bracket, okay? Then eight teams are seeded into the winner's bracket. So it's the worst team out of the each of the three groups. And then among the second seeds, you just compare win loss and if one team if one team's like one in five and one team's or two teams are one in five and one team's two and four or whatever the two and four or the one in five team the lowest ranked team is the one that goes into the loser's bracket as the highest seed in the loser's bracket right mm -hmm. and if you have two teams like let's say there's two teams tied at two and four right you just have a one game tiebreaker Winner goes into the upper bracket. Loser goes into the lower bracket. And then we actually have two weeks. You just skip the rumble phase because that's also garbage. Who the fuck designs a tournament that is round robin best of one into more round robin best of one? That is the worst shit I have ever seen. Okay. Well, it's two group stages. They just call it something different. They're like, oh, we already used the fucking term, the group stage. So what do we call this now? It's like the, the rumble stage. It's like the super group stage. Double, they don't even have a fucking name for it because they don't know what to call double, it. Double round robin into another double round robin best of one is the worst format that has ever been designed in esports straight up 
okay? You could also do Swiss seeding, which would be interesting. Like, I don't like Swiss, but it's better than this. A lot of you are probably watching the Counter-Strike Major that's going on right now. Swiss has its own problems, and I'm not a fan, but it is better than this. And you would still see the same kind of matches because the way that the Major does Swiss is they have a bunch of teams, and then it, you do best of ones, and then if you're either going to qualify for the playoffs or you're going to get eliminated, it's a best of three. So any match that either eliminates you that from matters. the tournament or moves you into the next stage is a best of three. It's it's not a good system, but it's better than this. But I would just say four teams losers bracket, eight teams upper bracket, and that way, like we're pointing out, you get to see the minor regions both compete against the better minor regions teams are going to compete against some of the better teams in the top in the upper bracket. If they get knocked down, then we get to see which minor region team goes the furthest in the lower bracket in the event. It would actually be fun. And you just eliminate the rumble stage and you do that instead. Yeah, and the teams that are the worst, you don't watch games. them a lot. You should play all those games on like 70 ping just to like make sure the play, the, the play is even, you know, some of the, some of the, you know, the, some of the minor region players, they like to play on better servers, but you know, the servers are further away. So you have like Vietnam playing with like 70 ping. You got like OCE sometimes like they're playing to like, with like a hundred ping to like Garena and shit. Like you got, I think, I think you should be able to, to pick your edge. ping for comfort level. So if you're used to playing on 70, they can artificially put your team onto 70. Nice. Wow. Yeah. I what if that. it's like per player, like each individual player? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, right. I think there are there are good solutions to the format given the constraints that are available. And if they really want to have twelve teams, there's an example of how you would run a twelve team event that would actually be fun. In fact, if you want to, you know, if that's too many games for a twelve team double limb bracket in two weeks, which it's not, you could do it. But you could also just start this event by seeding the teams and then just play that bracket and not even have any. I know this is here's a revolutionary thought for you, Riot, when it comes to international events. What if you just didn't have a group stage? What if it was just a bracket? It's just a bracket. But Monty, what about all of the games that the minor regions aren't going to get to play as a celebration of them winning their league? We should be able to see them play. That you will see them play. I think it's oh, I think it's reasonable. Like you know, you see yeah, no, the they, minor they regions. Like they really enjoy it. Like I'm sure that like Order really liked showing up, playing its two major region teams, and then just getting absolutely fucking shit. I'm sure. Eight games I'm sure Ace was like home. mad hyped to go from Latin America, fly all the way around the fucking world, and then just get clubbed by T1. And then, well, then, like, you know, esports fans are so mentally ill that they somehow are getting, like, flamed. Like, you see, like, Dimitri, like, trying to... He's like, guys, like, I'm sorry for my performance. They're like, fuck you, Dimitri. Go back to the Dominican Republic. It's like, come on, man. Like, he's just trying to play the game. Like, please, like, let, let him play versus T1 without getting fucking hard flamed when they get absolutely shit-stomped. It's like, I'd rather see them get shit-stomped than see them absolutely do nothing and, like, end up losing. You know, like, it's so crazy how this tournament actually ends up being with like a fan interaction it's like the fans don't enjoy watching the tournament so much that they just find random people to like put into the fucking dirt bro like t twitter is <laughs> wild these days it, i liked it i liked it in like 2013 but it was actually just fun and used for memes and posting content and not attacking people and it, now it's just like death threats and shit. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that's just how people get by on it. It's like you would have thought that Jojo like said that like all European people were subhuman or something based on the reaction <laughs> they got from like the European community. Like just you look at it and people have no idea. They're like, dude, like 
if he wanted to like call out EU and then get shit on, like he deserves to be flamed. It's like, bro, no, the way it's supposed to fucking work is that like the pros are supposed to be like bantering against each other. It's supposed to And like, then you just look at it and matches. you're like, haha, that's funny. He's not serious. And uh you don't get so mad. It's it's not that hard. It's not that hard, guys. Dude, you think you think you think JoJo actually is just like going there? He's like, yeah, bro, like fuck EU, like fuck those people. Like he's just, he's just trying to build hype for the game. Like he's literally just trying to build hype, and people act like yes. he's like he's just like the the, the he's anti like EU Stalin or some shit. Like I don't know. It's crazy. It's it's so wild. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, that was a lot of what was wrong with it again. Uh, the format, a lot of the backlash. It it hasn't been, it hasn't been one of Riot's great tournaments. Not that Riot has a long list of those, but um, and so as we take a look at some of the matches, we'll just take it as a big clump from the playing stage. What are your big takeaways, Dom? Because uh, obviously the results end up being basically where they were. You know, maybe there was a question coming into the tournament from a competitive standpoint that uh, VCS sending their second seed team instead of their first seed team, maybe there would be something there, but not really. And other than that, it's just been a, a, a dumpstering by the top teams coming into uh, the tournament. Yeah, I mean, I would say that I, obviously there's nothing to say about T1 RNG and G2 because none of those teams <laughs> dropped the game, right? Like they just pub stomped everyone else. I thought that EG would fare better, to be honest. I thought they would win like one game um, just because G2 is generally a team that is like pretty inconsistent, especially in best of ones. Like if you watch them during the regular season in EU, they I mean, they just have like a bunch of like weird games sometimes. So I think a lot of people are on the G2 hype train from them winning 12 games straight and they just like refuse to acknowledge that the fact that you know, it, it, they performed a lot better in playoffs than they did in regular season. And they still had that monumental throw in uh, the second game they played, <laughs> which I just thought that that would be like a game that EG could win. I was actually really surprised that somehow EG looked even worse by having that game become closer because not only are they like too bad to even compete in the early game, but even if G2 gives them a massive advantage and there's like no way for them to lose with their comp at that point, they can still find a way because they're like that they're, they're that unable to actually find what the win conditions of their specific team comp are. When they have the Ezreal Zoe, all they can do is poke and like just rotate around. They actually don't have to do anything, right? Like they just go like take an inhib, deny soul, take another inhib, just keep on poking. Somehow they just end up in a 5v5 and, and, and lose the whole game, which was crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess like the only things that were shocking were... I guess how much better... For me, I just thought that like G2 would, would drop one game. I thought it'd be like 3-1. Um to EG instead of 4-0. And then I also uh, thought the VCS team was actually surprisingly uh, interesting to watch. Like, I actually liked watching the VCS team. I thought that they were... They're, the they're most, fucking insane. <laughs> they're they're one of the most fun teams to watch. Uh, I mean, they don't, they don't give a fuck, tournament. dude. They go in every single time, no matter what. I mean, they, they have the highest combined kills per minute of any team at MSI, like their games are just bloodbaths and they will continue engaging on you no matter what the situation is. I mean, I like that wa watching them run these like hard engage comps and just like they will fight anything. It, I mean, they and literally just one bot lane against Gumiyushi Karia when Gumiyushi Karia were playing Nami Lucian into Trist Alistar. The Trist Alistar actually like won that lane early. It was actually <laughs> pretty insane to watch. I was like, damn, man, like, these guys actually came to play. Yeah. And I, I just I I think their mentality is really good because like they probably should have lost the game against Detonation Focus Me as well. And they came back into it just by kind of 
unrelenting aggression and the willingness to continue to take chances, even in a losing situation. Like they don't seem to, they don't seem to f- like mentally crack. They just like, will keep on going ham at you no matter what uh, gets, a, it can cause them to lose leads as well. Like they will overcommit, but I do think they're, they're definitely a fun team to watch. I agree with Dom. And I think that, you know, if we're being honest about the rumble stage, like I think EG doesn't have, good chances of getting out of the rumble stage because of PSG talent and, and Saigon Buffalo I think it's kind of like a three horse race. And even if you think EG is the best team there, the odds of them escaping with the one remaining seed in a competition of three different teams is challenging. It's challenging. And then it's also just when you think about how NA normally plays in international tournaments, which you're starting to see already with even how they were facing versus G2. It's like, it's always on the side of like, Oh shit, like we're supposed to win match. We're supposed to like at least be competitive. And then everything they just they just curl up into a ball. You know, they're just sitting there. Please, please just let us win the game. Let us win just because we showed up and we're a major region. Where that shit's not gonna fly against the Saigon Buffalo. Saigon Buffalo is gonna have to like you're gonna actually have to beat that team. Like they're gonna make you fight yep. for it. And I just don't know if NA teams have that fight in them. Like it just feels like historically NA teams have not had that like fight where they can use the fact that they are on paper, a better team to their advantage. I feel like a lot of the times it's somehow this, this double-edged sword where it's like when they're underdogs, they're like, well, how how could we beat them anyway? And then when they're like supposed to win, they're like, fuck, like there's so much pressure on us to win these games. Now it's like somehow there's always a negative aspect of it when you're going internationally from NA. Yeah. And I love that point because Saigon Buffalo for me looks like the quote, unquote minor region, you know, they're, they're considered a major now, but like that is what you want your lower lesser skilled teams to look like a team that finds something about them and then just fully doubles down. They're the aggressive team. They're going to just go ahead and fully be aggressive and take their one shot. And if they're going to win, it's going to be through that. It's not going to be through necessarily superior draft or superior rotations or whatever. It's going to be, Hey, can you deal with this pressure? We want to make you crack and find ways to make that happen. And that doesn't normally happen. Well, it's also that they I think their style is really good for an underdog team where they don't try and get, you know, like, let's take the 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 Saigon Buffalo versus detonation focus me because that was like the most critical game that they had to win in order to advance to the next stage. So the second time those teams met up and what they're doing is they're they're trying to a lot of times they're trying to play for dominant lanes or they're trying to like bully a little bit like they've got this Callista in the mid lane, but the Callista enables them to hard engage with the Diana out of the jungle. You know, they have a set in there. There's a pretty clear and easy to execute combo. Toss the Diana in Diana ult set then stuns everybody once they're all collected together. Right. And so I like high heavy engage composition. Remember last year when CLG was just playing like dumb CC engage comp? comp. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. As stupid as it is, if you are a worse team, it is a composition that as if you if you are at least confident in in easy engage, it provides you the chance to pull off an upset. Truly like it's. It's dumb and it's not good League of Legends and teams will figure it out and good teams will figure it out and beat you eventually. But the problem with with this next stage is that because Saigon Buffalo play this way, there's a non-zero chance that they actually upset a better team. And if they can do that, then EG is fucked, right? Because EG doesn't have necessarily the same ability to create upsets because against a good team, their early game is very flawed and they get snowballed on super hard. 
And so then they, they're they like, well, we better just hope G2 throws at Baron so we can erase this 10,000 gold lead. And their strength is in the mid to late game when they have some decent team fighting. And yes, they can come back from deficits. But I think that's a less reliable way to beat a truly good team than it is to just go ham on them with weird picks and heavy engage like like the Buffalo do. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that the thing is, like, when the team is drafting the way the Buffalo do, there should be, like, a stylistic comp that you can run into this, right? Like, so the, the idea of League of Legends is supposed to be that there's, like, three main team comps that all kind of counter each other, which is, like, this hard-engaged team comp that VCS mm -hmm. plays. VC, this is supposed to be good into, like, poke comps, comps mm -hmm. that are susceptible to engage that don't really have the ability to, like, survive once they have multiple people, like, engage on them. And the counter to these types of comps are supposed to be ball comps, which are, like, that involve essentially champions that want to group up that all enable each other that are really good in front to back things like Braum, Galio, these things where you can just, where it's just really hard to run into them um, is what these comps are supposed to be weakened to, but it doesn't like, I don't know if teams are actually going to be able to play these ball comps well and be able to deal with hard engage. Well, like in theory, it shouldn't be that hard, right? You build like defensive items, you build like a locket on Braum, you block the, sh the shots, you ulti as they come in, you tag people with, with your, your Q and your auto. And suddenly like, it's really hard for the enemy team to play the game. I just, I feel like other teams don't really identify this and it might just look like NA teams are just trying to match fire with fire where I just don't think that that's the way that you're going to beat the Buffalo. I don't think that, you know, Danny and Vulcan who already had like a ton of laning problems, even domestically yep. are suddenly going to be 2v2ing this Saigon Buffalo bot lane that it feels like they just understand how to play 2v2. Like they know when their kill timings are, bro, if they're solo killing Gumiyushi and Karia, I don't know. I don't know if Danny and Vulcan are going to be able to beat them in lane. I think Danny and Vulcan have like advantages, but like those advantages are in the like mid to late game. I think that Vulcan is smarter around the map. I think that Danny's better at team fighting. Yep. The question for me is like, are they going to play towards those strengths or like actually correctly identify what like how those strengths actually work or if they're going to try to, you know, match the strength of the well, life is. It's, it's also that the way EG played was pretty significantly nerfed. Uh, on the patches like the the jinx hp nerf went yeah, through the gate the gale the ping i mean i think if it, no jokes like i actually think the ping does matter if you're playing like low mobility ad carries because it it makes your gale force and your flash much much more difficult to use and if you do blow those cooldowns then you're just a sitting duck right yeah uh, trying to I, anticipate I, I something agree in theory but it was just it was just ironic to hear that right after they just like die at level two because they just didn't count the minions <laughs> like yeah i don't know bro like for me it's just like I don't care if you're on 10,000 ping. As long as you can see those minions dying, you know when the enemy team's going to Are we talking about when Pike, when Pike just queued them and then they died with Kai'Sa? Yeah, yeah okay. That like one. Yeah, that's a real game. My, my favorite part about that is not only do... Does NA make the mistake of like just not judging that when the enemy team is going to hit level two, then when the enemy team does hit level two and it's like clear they're getting all in, there's still like flash. too much ego to flash. Yeah, and it's like you're still you're not even. Flash, I, I was right? like, I was sitting there, I was like, why didn't you flash the Q? I was like, what the fuck, man? Well, it's like they don't want to. They, they just want to like outskill. It's like fuck, yeah. bro. Yeah, even though we did we did fuck that up, I'm just gonna sidestep this Q. Oh, never mind, we're dead. Oh my god, the lane phase is completely over. Holy shit, we're gonna lose in like 20 minutes. Oh, never mind, they're a Baron. We can win. Like, okay, so yeah. what does our comp do? We poke? Okay, hard engage. Vulcan, go in. <laughs> I, I wanted to look up the stats just because we, we have pushed this and we have seen, you know, Danny not be as effective. But at his gold difference, his experience difference, and CS difference, 
sets him third right now. Third, and then I think he's fourth in experience difference. But Danny is third in CS difference and gold difference compared to his counterparts. Yes, it was because he's playing against Flacked at 10, at 10. Um, in and the so, whole yes. Tournament? Yeah, yeah, but half the whole those games were against Australia, yeah. dude. Order and Flacked, correct. And Flacked is pretty far down in, 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 in all those stats. Flacked is like ninth. Eighth or yeah, ninth. I mean, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to interpret those stats because if like they're winning lane, if they kill them level two, and then Targamus goes and roams mid, and then Flocked sacks away, but the whole map is on fucking fire. It's like I don't care about eighty carry gold differential. Right. I mean, G two doesn't play to get their eighty carry super far ahead. Right. Correct, correct. Uh, on the other side, Vulcan I think sits around like sixth in both those things because he's roaming as well, and so the the difference isn't that much larger uh, between it, but they're not as effective i would say as we've seen them in uh in local tournaments here in north america so uh that was just something i yeah, wanted it's to amazing what happens when you never get punished and you just play hyperscaling jinx with four bodyguards into the end of the game even though well they did get punished they would just win after they got punished like that was well the I, they but they wouldn't get punished in the same way they get punished internationally i mean it wasn't there that team tl game where he was like level one at five minutes and like tl yeah. managed to lose that game it's because it's it's like when you you see the difference here when they when they fuck up the laning phase that bad they just get clapped <laughs> right like barring and and g2 losing yeah it was a mistake what they did but also it is egregious that the game will erase a 10,000 gold deficit like that in 3 minutes and then also on top of that continue to give them gold bounties because g2 has dragon soul eg was up by like 2 or 3,000 gold and the bounties were still on the fucking map the objective bounties were still there because there was, was a dragon was soul on G2. Well, I guess I guess G2 threw twice. I was talking about not the TF game. I was talking about the Ezreal Zoe game. No, no, no. That's the game. That's the game. There was, so there was the other. I thought you were talking about the other one. The other one was the one where I feel like they had soul. Yeah, the the um, the Ezreal Zoe uh, game. Yes, they got yes. soul off the. So they would play two games actually where G2 yes. threw. Yes. And both those games, like, it's just really sad that EG couldn't at least like split them or win one of them. And then the other thing that I thought was super weird was um, the whole discourse around uh, Ezreal queuing the Kaisa that was slept in, in the base. Because I think that this was actually just a good play by Danny. I think that the idea and like people will be like, but it was clear that the team wanted to engage. It's like, yeah, bro, then the whole team's going to fucking in. If they one shot that Kaisa off that bubble, Kaisa just revives with the GA. She has a GA. She has flash afterwards. There's no follow up CC that can potentially land and Kaisa has ult so they can still fight. They're literally just inting if they do that. There's there's a zero risk way to win this game where you just use the fact that you have this poke to take the inhib, deny Dragon Soul, go bot, yes. take the other inhib, and then when Baron respawns, you just cycle it again and the enemy team can never fight you. There's like a point in this game where if you have like two inhibs plus Baron plus control of Dragon and the timers are desynced, there's actually no way for the enemy team to fight you. Also, the enemy team doesn't even have a great comp later on. Like it's a Pike and shit. Like Pike is not great. Um, they had no range. These games. They had no range. They, like they, even even if you get another Baron, your siege is so much better because the the wave clear is just like they have to walk so far up to the minion wave. They just get poked if they try and clear the wave. Yeah, I mean, the 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 problem with G2's comp at that stage in the game, G2 should have won the game, obviously, right? But the problem yes. with G2's comp, if they ever throw like that, is that the there's only one way that they can actually get a fight started, which is Camille Gallio. And the Camille Gallio, it's just too obvious, right? In a pro game, people are going to be waiting for that. Like, if, if you just only have to worry about one form of engage, one angle, it's really easy to play around. What becomes difficult is when there's multiple different things going on where you have, like, a Nautilus coming in, and then you have, like, a jungler that enables that, too. And... 
you know, there's there's a huge clusterfuck. The Graves is essentially useless in that game past a certain point. Gra Graves is insanely outranged by Ezreal Zoe. There's no way for <laughs> G2 to actually fucking win this game. It's so it's so frustrating watching that game because it's just like, damn, bro, like what game could we actually win? What what game are, are, is, is NA actually going to beat G2 if those are the four that we see? <laughs> well, yeah. uh, a game that they might be able to win is against Astralis League of Legends, which their channel doesn't have a lot of viewership. We've been pumping it a lot of the time for you all at home. If you like this content, make sure to subscribe to the Deserto League of Legends channel. We're only 1,500, 1,500 subscribers away from catching this poor <laughs> League of Legends franchise in the LEC. So uh, make sure to he, he means like that, and subscribe. Like literally poor, like they just don't pay their players close to what the other fucking teams pay. He's not, he's not talking about like, oh, like he feels bad for them. He doesn't pity them. He thinks that they're impoverished. That's, That's right. <laughs> Thank you but very don't much. Help, help, them. help us instead. Yes. <laughs> don't feel that bad to them because they did it to themselves. You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so yeah we're, we're not the 10th best league show we're, we're yeah. way better than that uh yeah yeah we're not hotline league guys hotline league is the astralis of league shows <laughs> that's the same color color scheme as well i think right <laughs> <laughs> we sorry mark i love you third game you know what's so crazy is like you get, get in there <laughs> he's still going he's still EG. going <laughs> then you think about the other egg2 game right where yep. they have the split comp right they're the team with yep. the gwen and the tf Yep. And it's a second drag that's spawning at 20 minutes. Like normally in a, in a real game, if you're in a situation like this and the enemy team has a team fight comp, they're probably going to be able to, to get drag. They're going to stack dragons a lot quicker and you're actually going to have to show up and fight. And the whole idea when you're playing this Tom Kench Jinx comp with the Gwen TF is that you play side lanes, right? You spread out the map really fucking wide. There's no real way for the Vlad to join, right? Because Vlad doesn't have TP. So either Vlad takes TP and gets hard fucked by the Gwen in side lane, or he takes Ignite so he can match the Gwen in side lane early on and can actually play the game. But then you just end up in like 4v4 situations, which are much more favorable than when the Gwen and the, the Vlad come into the team fight. So you end up in, in the situation where there's... You're, you're on this third Drake, right? It's second Drake for either team. The Dragons are split 1-1 at 21 minutes. And it's like the most obvious give call you'll ever see in your life. It's like the enemy team is Diana, Yasuo, Vlad. The fucking Yasuo is like 9-1 and one or some shit at this point. He's completely dicking everyone. Jo game. Jojo got clapped in lane. <laughs> he got absolutely fucking dicked, dude. Fucking, <laughs> my God. Caps just put it all up in Jojo. Like, we're lucky that this tournament, I don't know what the, the age of consent is in Korea, but if, it was, if this tournament was at Worlds, you're fucking going to prison for what happened. <laughs> Anyways, why are we fighting that Drake? Like, it's so crazy. I'm literally, you can watch my reactions live. I'm like, there's no chance they're going to fight. See, they're going to give this one and then they're going to play side. And you can literally watch me lose my mind live where it's like, oh my God. Oh my God. They're actually going to fight. They're going to opt. They're going to handshake the 5v5 into Diana Yasuo Vlad with TF Gwen at 21 minutes. The, like the whole idea is that later on with their comp, when they are forced to team fight, They'll have a Jinx that's like three, four items with a Tom yes. Kench. And the Jinx can like solo carry a team fight. Jinx gets that fucking strong later on in the game where you don't actually need to have like that many people around it. You essentially just need the Tom Kench to peel the Jinx. And the Jinx is going to fucking carry that whole sh whole thing by, by themselves. And like Gwen can absorb more space later on in the game oh. once it gets like Zanya's, all that stuff. They actually fight the second drag. I can't believe it. I, I think why they did that, Dom, is because... Uh 
G2 actually kind of threw in the early part of that game by giving Jinx a, a couple stupid kills early on. So I think that they thought that the Jinx was far enough ahead already to fight that. Now, I don't think it's a good call, but I think that if the Jinx had been not in an advantageous position, that they would not have fought that fight. But again, like you're saying, the patience was going to be the key there. And like, why not take the wins where you can get them? Why not just say, hey, our Jinx is going to scale faster than we thought. We definitely don't have to fight this dragon and we'll just go for it later. Right. Why throw away the advantages that you've already been given for no reason? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, I feel like that is one of the most, like, obvious learning experiences you can have in a game because it's not like the fight was even close, right? It's not like you could even it kind of, like, do yeah. that backward lo backwards logic that pro players do where they're like, yeah, the call was bad, but if you, like, look at the micromanaging of this situation, we could have actually won this shit. Like, <laughs> I, I hate it when they do those, that. <laughs> I did that shit as a pro player. Like, everyone wants to think that you can, like, fucking outskill your But opponent. what if I hit all my skill shots and then perfectly use this flash and you're like, that's not a realistic scenario. You're thinking about you at your absolute peak, which is like 5% of the time. So let's, let's, why don't we just not do the thing instead? Why don't we just not do it? I, I can't yeah. do it. I, 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 I went oh back and God. watched your clip, Dom. I went back and watched a clip. You are, <laughs> you were begging. You were begging EG not to do this. I was you go, I was please, please don't do this, EG. Please don't do this, EG. Okay, let's see it. Let's see this team fight. Okay, all right. They're dead. <laughs> like it was that bad. what do you want me to say man i'm watching the game i don't know what to fucking say i'm like please don't fight man please don't fight this is their this is their best situation to fight in they're so fucking ready for this think about yasuo as a champion when does yasuo become its strongest shield bow ie that's the biggest fucking spike you get in the game like sure yasuo gets like stronger on death dance and, and and all that shit but yasuo being on ie shield bow in this fight jojo doesn't even i don't even know if jojo has this rapid fire cannon jojo was so far behind he did he okay, did jojo he did. barely he has his rapid fire but the whole point is that like you you have a stopwatch on viego you don't even have your ga completed the gwen is literally on one item just rift maker and danny doesn't even have his third item yet he doesn't even have his ie so it's not even like he's far enough ahead where he's gonna carry the fight i mean you have such like a, 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 it's such an obvious time to give a drake and they're just handshaking it because for some reason it's like they feel like they have to fight like they're like they're like being pussies if they don't fight or something or they're like they're they're bitching out of of, of the the confrontation like no dude just play smart you can set the situation you should know that you're giving this drake like three minutes beforehand there's nothing happening for that and what should they be doing they should be setting up top wave they should be saying like we're gonna give this drake the enemy team has zero tps right enemy uh, maybe they have a tp on on nautilus Enemy team has has no TP on the people that matter. No TP on Vlad, no, no TP on Yasuo. You just send your Gwen top. You have the TF hover him. You get a tier two for the Drake. Boom. And you just keep on playing the macro. You keep on playing side lanes. And then you try to force fights where you have numbers advantage. That's the whole point of TF. TF sucks in 5v5s most of the time. I mean, it can be good in 5v5s if you have enough damage to just kill every single target that's gold carded and the, the tf is super far ahead but generally you don't want to opt into that right the whole point is that you can play side lanes here you can force odd numbered fights with your tf uh with your tf ult and you can play around your later game power spike you scale really fucking well in this game with gwen and jinx just use that to your advantage please it was so oh man it was so tough to watch all right there we go. Game all, almost all the EG games broken down. We don't need to break down the game number four there. But I mean, that game was meaningless, so we don't learn anything from it either, right? It's just right. a meme game. Because another 
key factor of all of Riot's formats is you have to play a bunch of unnecessary games for no reason. They created this horrible system where it's like, well, after EG beat order, I guess all of the remaining games in this entire fucking day don't matter. They still had what? Three more games to go? Yeah. And they just all irrelevant. All of them. Four more games, I think, actually. No, maybe it was three. No, it was no, it was four. You're right. It was four more games to go that day. Oh, that's even you worse. Are correct. Jesus. You are I mean, correct. The, the whole problem when you're watching these games is like, how, how can you have a group stage where it doesn't matter if you're first or second? Like, 8-0 is the same as 4-4. How crazy is that? That even though G2 completely clapped EG, if EG like splits games with G2 and G2 like drops a random bad game, EG could just finish higher in this tournament. EG could just advance and G2 could not. Even though G2 is, could have won, like at the end of the day, they could end up winning like two or three more games than EG throughout the time they played. There's no advantage. There's no seeding, right? Like what is the advantage you get from getting first getting the, as yeah. opposed to second in your group? Nothing. Uh, all right, let's move on from our play and stage and, and leave the past of 04 versus EU in the past. And now as, as now we all know, right? Come on. No, there's still no a more chance EU. to go 06 yeah. versus EU. It's not over yet. This is yet. true. This is true. <laughs> That'd be really depressing. If it literally in the 12th season of League of Legends, NA can't even win a game against their rival. Like, even if you're terrible compared to another team, you could normally win a game. I mean, like, look, fucking like Astralis got a win over like Rogue when Rogue was 9-0. Like, if you're like in the same fucking league, you should be able to win one out of six games versus a team based off just like pure RNG, you know? Some shit happening where you just end up getting a free win. But yeah. No, uh, apparently not. That that doesn't look like likely to happen here, <laughs> I would say. Um, but... All right, so our playing stage closes. All of our lowest seeds get knocked out. Detonation, Focus Me, Team Ace, Red Canids, Istanbul Wildcats, and of course, Order get knocked out here. And we move to, uh, I guess, you know, Double Round Robin group stage version two called Rumble Stage. Uh, EG, G2, PSG, RNG, Saigon, Buffalo. The Mark Ruffalo stuff was was okay. I was like, all right, that, that works. Buffalo, Ruffalo, and then T1 as well. Um, uh, let's go to the top because we just haven't really talked about them too much. And I know that we haven't learned a ton from uh, the uh, group stage. But who you got coming out on top in RNG versus T1 when we take a look at these two squads? I, have I, think, it's hard, I think it's hard to tell. I, I think probably T1, but uh, these teams are, I mean, they're going to be good games between these teams, as we know. Um, I think right now what, what tilts it in favor of T1 to me is that I, I really do not take the group stage seriously because I don't think that any of the good teams are showing picks. I don't think they're showing set plays. I don't think that they're playing 100%. I think gumayushi has been trolling. Um, uh, uh, but with all of that said, uh, what did impress me, at least for RNG, was that their early game looked better. It looks like the meta has kind of shifted in their favor so that Wei can't into Wei the early game anymore. So that was an encouraging sign. Uh, Gala has been extremely good. Uh, he has been doing a fuck like 32 percent of his team's damage. He's so good. he's. I mean, yes, he's a, he's an amazing carry condition for RNG and their team fighting, their late game team fighting remains very good. So there are scenarios I feel like where RNG can absolutely win this event. The problem is, is that 
Well, I, I do think, I don't know if it's a problem because I do think the meta is like moving back their way. So that's that's good. But I think they have fewer ways to win. I, I guess watching T1, they have an incredible balance um, of carryability, let's say. Who can carry this team? Um, they distribute their resources very evenly. Uh, Faker's playing a very low, both Faker and Jahu are actually are playing a pretty low resource style of mid lane at this tournament so far. Um, most of the resources on the side of, of RNG are going to Gala, but it's more evenly balanced on the T1 side and owner has been having a very good early game uh, throughout this tournament. So I would say T1 strengths are playing around owner and, and Korea and getting early game advantages and having very solid kind of mid game lane assignments and macro, as well as the opportunity to carry from a variety of positions. The weakness would be occasionally throwing at major objectives in, in the mid to late game and Gumiyushi face checking bushes or, or playing stupidly, which again, it could be he's playing badly or it's, I would say the likely is he's just disrespecting his opponents. Um, whereas RNG, I think they don't have quite as strong of an early game, but if it comes to even states where they're team fighting or Gala getting fed out of his mind, that's how they win. So I would just say those are the two ways that these teams are likely to achieve victories. I prefer T1's approach because I think it's more consistent. Um, but in, you know, best of ones, even in best of five, I think it's either of these teams are capable. I'd still tip this tournament T1 probably like 60, 40. Yeah, I'm I'm similar. I think that T1 is just like so when you think about what T1's biggest strength is, which is their like first eight minutes into their herald, that is actually RNG's biggest weakness. Like RNG yep. is so fucking bad at it. But they look better. Like, they look better so far. Yeah, they looked better because they're playing <laughs> against worse teams. Like you look at some of the decisions that they're play that they're they're ending up in, and it's like even some of the heralds that the enemy team does that are complete int, they even end up going like two for two on where it's like RNG still finds a way to almost lose the fight. Or they like, they don't know that the AD carry is rotating along with the support. They think just the support's going to be there. So there's always these issues when you watch um, RNG play where you're just like, yeah, I mean, you're going to, there's going to be some heralds that I think they're just going to get aced on, you know, and they're just going to get too far behind that they can't end up, um, playing the game anymore i think there are some benefits i think rng did get helped out by the meta like you said one of the the huge things i think is good for them is the gwen buffs um just think it's one of uh bin's best champions overall um and he was already playing it in an lpl before they actually uh buffed it at all so he's just somebody who's really practiced on the champion he's one of the better gwens you look at a bin gwen and you look at an impact gwen it's two different champions completely so um i think that that's a benefit to them and then also um yeah, I mean, we'll have to see how, how it is, but it seems like their their bot lane is playing better so far on ping in lane phase uh, than Karia Gumayushi are. Karia Gumayushi in lane phase, have, like, ma mainly just Gumayushi has just been looking really sus. Like, I don't know what he's I been mean, fucking doing. I, 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 would, I, would, I would say that's not just the lane phase. I mean, he was like face checking yeah. brushes with Jin around objectives. He, I he mean, does always he plays like melee range Jin. Like, I look, you know, he's a, he's a special one, that Gumayushi, and... That's that's just what I think he is just playing in a cocky fashion. But if these trends continue in the next phase, then we can start to be concerned. Yeah, I mean, he's he's always been kind of an inter in the mid game for me. Like he's just the type yes. of AD carry who that's know, why Korea has to play Thresh so he can save him. Yeah, that's but, that's but, how I mean, it's even, worked in the past. <laughs> it's just that normally T1 isn't that ball. They're like super far ahead. And then Gumiyushi will just walk up to wave. He has no business hitting mid lane and he'll just start hitting it. The whole enemy team will collapse. He'll die. The whole team will get sucked into like a, a 4v5 fight. Everyone will die, but it'll still be OK because T1's just like 
better than other teams. I just don't, don't think that's going to fly if they don't get the the early leads uh, versus RNG. So uh, they do have to beat RNG early, I think. It is really actually hilarious to think about Gumiyushi being related to innovation in StarCraft because innovation in terms of a play style was like he was like a macro like he was a he was just such a technically perfect player you know what i mean like very low risk he would play this kind of conservative grinding style to like incrementally was, win games and then gumiyushi's just like doing the most balls balls out flamboyant like ridiculous plays he's a very very different style of player to his brother and it's funny to see like the polar opposites within that family when it comes that's just to how the, that, that's the little brother approach isn't it isn't that, I feel like that's kind of how, how things are. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm with you, though. I think it, it is T1 favored for sure. Um, I mean, I think that, that this is why the tournament feels kind of lame, though. If RNG wins, they can't win, right? Like, even if they win, yep. it's just going to be like, oh, well, they won yep. because they're used to the fucking ping. So even if, if RNG wins, it's not like LPL actually gets to enjoy the victory. And if T1 wins, it's like, yeah, of course T1 is going to win. Best yep. team in the world. LCK that's, dominates. That's the other pitch. problem is like, yeah, there is there is no winner. Like if anybody wins but T1, it's going to be a fucking scandal. So. Yep. Yep. Uh, and if T1 wins, it's also not going to feel good because they didn't beat them on LAN. Yeah. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll be carrying that um, reasoning. We'll call it reasoning all the way up until Worlds, where hopefully everyone will be on LAN. Uh, any world where is it, right now it's you know T1, G2 there, or T1 and uh, RNG at the top, G2 clearly here in the middle, and then you got the chunk of three there afterwards. It, that's that's pretty much what it is. You said earlier, Monty, that it feels like a three horse race, a one in three chance for EG to make it through. I don't think it's quite as bad as one in three uh, because I don't think those teams have equal chances. Like I think PSG Talon is worse than Saigon Buffalo is. And especially because they don't, I think they don't take as many risks, which makes it so that they have less of an opportunity of pulling off an upset. I feel, um, and it, it's just one of those things. Like we always, one of these three teams, one of G2, T1 or RNG is going to throw to one of those teams like it, it that that always happens always at, happens. at an international. It always happens in a best of one. So the problem for EG is if they are not the team pulling off the upset. And I think that they are less likely to pull off that upset than Saigon Buffalo are. Then they have to be able to pick up wins in some other place in order to get out of the group stage. So there's a possibility we see a tiebreaker uh, for that fourth seed. Um, but even if you think that they are the best team of the three teams, they still have to overcome those other two teams, which probably puts their odds of making it out of groups at 50% or lower. Yeah, which would be absolutely disgraceful. I mean, EG, G2, RNG, uh, T1, they just have to make it out of Rumble stage. Like the other, it'd be crazy if VCS, if VCS, the second seed from VCS, not even the, the first seed that's supposed to be significantly better than the second seed, right? Like Gigabyte Marine is supposed to be way up here and then Saigon Buffalo is supposed to be like middle of the pack, right? It'd be crazy if NA's best team can't even beat the second best team in, v in Vietnam. Like that would just be like, it's just like how far I mean, as a region. I mean, they cloud nine didn't make it to playoffs last year yeah right? and I, i've said the same thing i said that, that was like one of the the worst performances for our region in the history of league of legends like not being top four at this tournament is unacceptable if you're um if you're na all right the gauntlet has been laid down do you think they make it out tom 
Uh, I'm just going to say yes. I don't know how much okay. I believe it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, my, my answer to your question will Jesus be yes. Christ, dude. All right. Thank you. That Hold is, on. I'm, I'm checking something real quick because like I actually I, it's it, as far as major regions go. Um, yeah, there's only been one year in which all four major regions have actually gotten out of groups and that was team liquid when team liquid did in 2019 so i i, I mean just Who got out in for, 2018 uh it was flash wolves yeah so it's usually been the hong kong representative that gets out over na or eu depending on the year the year that clg got to the finals um it was it was uh the taiwanese team that replaced the european team holy na better than eu holy shit since 2016 crazy what yeah. is that like <laughs> so but my point is my point is that there's only been one msi where all four major regions have actually gotten out of the group stage and into the top four spots in the bracket yeah so it's it's unusual that, if that happens yeah sure but like those early flash wolves teams that was before like yeah they were know, good they were actually it was, good this it is was before lms just got completely destroyed by right but but, but the, the count the counter argument to that dom is that was before vietnam actually got halfway decent at this game that's true yeah. as well and we haven't been able to watch Vietnam, unfortunately, because there wasn't an MSI in 2020 and they couldn't attend last year. So honestly, like we actually have no idea on an international stage really how because like when Vietnam has attended tournaments, they've been decent. Yep. Well, so I, don't, least... I don't think it's unreasonable to think that the Vietnamese team is going to be the, the replacement like underdog that kicks out na or eu in the top four of msi on the periodic the second basis seed vietnamese team come on like it's dude if it's if if the second seed vietnamese team kicks eg out uh, na needs to be a minor region that's that's look i don't make i don't make the logic okay but it cannot be true that na's first seed loses to vietnam's second seed and na is still a major region that is that's unacceptable they can't they can't have the same seeds at worlds you can't give three seeds to the worst region <laughs> exactly at worlds it just doesn't make any sense like they're gonna have two teams that are better than our best team and then yep. we're gonna get three <laughs> seeds instead of their third exactly seed. Like, no. exactly like you you they, they cannot continue with the current international system under okay uh, if that result it, holds it's not gonna matter because eg is gonna get it done i believe in them <clears throat> that that was the like, least convincing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Awkwardly clearing like your throat. Looking through. Maybe, this is where you maybe just there's a out your hip flask, Dom, and just take a swig right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there's a world where we can uh, barter barter our like seed, our pool seeds, and be like, all right, well, instead of us actually just losing all three, what if what if what if we have two playing teams? one pool two team and bcs can have two like one pool one one pool two and one playing team can, can we do that <laughs> it is it is going to be egregious though if 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 buffalo go through if riot continues to prioritize world seeds for na over vietnam that is that is unacceptable yeah all right well viewership uh, probably better for vietnam anyway so don't worry about it it is it is, it is. <laughs> Jeez. Um, all right. With that, 
let's close it out as we always do with our uh, group stage. Um, oh my God, God or dog. Yeah. It's time to dive in there. We've had uh, a lot of games happen. Let's get to it. Uh, Dom, are you ready? Do you have one or the other? <laughs> I've got the dog. All right. Let's start with the dog. Who's okay. The dog? So my dog is going to be Danny. Um, Whoa! <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't give it to Gumiyoshi. I'll literally have Koreans at my door. <laughs> I'll give it like, to Gumiyoshi. He plays like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I just try. I just installed a new alarm system. I don't want to put it to the test. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, I'll give it to Danny. I think Danny's a lot better than what he's shown so far. I think this is probably the worst um, I've seen him play. I mean, just a lot of the lading mistakes don't make sense. He's just dying a lot where I just feel like you shouldn't. Um, so, yeah, I feel I feel pretty bad for Inspired, honestly, watching EG. I feel like Inspired is the only one that's still playing well. He's just trying to 1v9 every game, and his team's just grieving well, him. Well, so. he's been PvEing mostly and then showing up for team fights with a bazillion farm. But well, that's I mean, what he he's, does. He's, I mean, he's he's been, like, outpathing people as well. Yep. Like, he's had some really, really good early games. Um, Like, the Viego early game, the Graves early game. He's been playing some some really solid early games. It's a good there. meta for him, too. It's a great meta for, for Inspired at this event, I think. Yeah, so... I don't know. I think I think Inspired is a is a good fucking player, and I just want. So he's to your god. Give him a chance. No, he's not my <laughs> god. My my dog is Danny, though. <laughs> your dog is Danny. Look, um, I, I'm deciding how mean to be to some of these <laughs> minor region teams. Jeez, yeah. I mean, Farfetch is a pretty. Oh, he's a dog for sure. I think you have to go with like if we're not picking like I think Danny is the most one of the most disappointing players. I actually would have picked probably picked Jojo on on EG. Um, but I think as far as as far as like truly bad play, I think Farfetch on Istanbul Wildcats has to has to win it for me. That is. That is very unfortunate. Um, his support play kind of inting engages that we saw. Over yeah, the, one of the, worst the course of this tournament, like, I mean, for example, like <laughs> Farfetch, uh, Farfetch accounts right now for over thirty percent of his total team's death. Only Gumiyushi is higher, uh, but the difference is is that Gumiyushi has fourteen total deaths, and Farfetch has forty-eight, uh, which puts him at the highest death total at MSI among all participating players with a KDA of 0.8. So. <laughs> this is truly, truly a terrible performance uh, from. Well, Stunt has never played an MSI before, so we'll have to see. Uh, he, <laughs> yeah, we'll make back there. Yeah. Um, well, to to you barely beat me with the point eight. Mine is a point nine KDA. And what if I told you at ten minutes each game you play, you're just down to grand because this player is on your team. That would be alone in the mid lane. Uh, oh, alone really? was just getting. <laughs> absolutely bodied their only win two and five galio like <laughs> two and five galio other than that oh and four one and three two and three one and four uh seems tough, like he's deserving of stuff. his username uh yes very alone in the mid lane you know there were there were some really bad stats on order too but they had to play against g2 and eg only the problem with farfetch is his team won a game right which should eliminate at least you would think some of his bad stats and then also right. they had winnable games against P psg talent and red canids in their group and he still has the most deaths in the tournament so you know that he had lesser competition 
and still did that. Yes. Anyway. Yes. I I agree. That that, that was my thinking too. They got a win again. Then they focus me right. No, <laughs> two and five got carried to it. Uh. All right. Who do we have? Gods. <laughs> I'm not sure. All right. Let's do it. Go ahead, Dom. Uh, I got Shogun as my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not bad. I like that. That was a good did, one. I think he did really well. I mean, bro, like a VCS play, like he was the win condition in almost all their games. He played a bunch of good games. Like the Kaisa game was good. The Tristana versus Gumayushi was impressive, even though they ended up losing that game. Like, I mean, he's just the fucking win con of that team. I feel like their top side is relatively weak, but their bot lane is actually good together. Um, and I think he's the star of that. So he's been one of the reasons why I've been excited to watch uh, Vietnam at this tournament. I like how Dom picks like overperformers and underperformers based on like his expectation. Dom picks like the dog and God based on like his his whether his their performance versus his expectations, right? Which yeah, I, I appreciate. Yeah. I appreciate. I, I don't do it based <laughs> off like because like what am I gonna say? Oh, Gullah is a fucking god, bro! You see him beat these fucking minor region teams. Like holy shit, he was so, so fucking good, man! It's like, no, I, I like that. I, it's I hard. Like it's that. hard. It's hard. It, what I like about it is when you pick Danny, it makes me feel bad because I know you have higher expectations for him. And I'm like, oh, you're just disappointed. And when you pick Shogun, you're like, wow, this guy's actually like secretly a baller. And like, I really enjoy watching him and I didn't expect to. So it's like heartwarming in both ways. You know? Yeah, and that so, felt more like uh, bad God, good dog. Monty, who you got? Um. I'm going to take I'm going to take owner. I think owner has been extremely intelligent and proactive in terms of his early game play. Uh, I think that a lot of the flashier plays from T1 have come from people like Zayas or, or Korea so far in this tournament. But owner has been quietly like extremely good. He's uh, a, an actual like carry threat on on this team a lot of the time especially in the early game he sets everything up for them really smart pathing i think he is he's been doing super well uh give me yasuo uh caps is yasuo caps caps kind of showed <laughs> up and dumps caps has been fucking amazing like he has yeah, been what a delight to watch good. this guy so that's that's a very good a very good choice i mean his like outplays have been insane like really so good. fun to watch. It's everything that an NA player has dreamed of, except uh, it, it's <laughs> except we're on the opposite opposite end of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, maybe no, Jojo this was my should, dream. Maybe Jojo's Brian should just go to Europe. Like, how come we haven't seen that story, by the way? I would actually love to see like a, a talented young NA player just go peace out to Europe and do really well. I mean, he's I wish right I there. He's huh? he's in. Cody's son was an LFL this sport. So yeah. <laughs> He's I, the one. D Dylan Falco, you got to pick up some NA players to join you on your on, on your NA-led G2 team. But, it, you know, I, I think we missed the boat. I think one of the great tragedies of the many tragedies of Doublelift's career uh, was the fact that we never got to see him on a European roster. Like, I wish I wish in like 2015 he had gone to Europe or something like that and we could have seen it potentially on a, a contender over there or something that could have done more damage at an international level. I know NA fans don't want to hear that, but I would I see I'm all about the concentration of player strength. So I would rather all the good NA players go over to Europe and just make Europe a more compelling Western league than have them just sit in NA doing nothing. Yeah. Uh, my, my concern would be that if let's say it's Jojo Pune, he has to go to a spot that where they can develop talent. Like if you get stuck on a 
you know, Astralis. Sure. Like that's that's scary. That's <laughs> scary to me. No, right? you, would, you would only uh, you would only make the swap, Degon, if you had a good roster spot to take. Right? He's not he's not starved. Like he's on the champ. He's on the champions of NA. Right? This would be like, can he be on a top three European roster? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that would be exciting and fun. Uh, unfortunate. Uh, I would say the the only. It's not even Western, but the only player to have done that, unless I have forgotten, is um, Destiny, right? Destiny went on over and tried to do the thing with Gilhoto, didn't quite work out for him, and then he came back. Now he's in NA. Um, Pabu is Academy doing that Pabu now. really worked out for him. <laughs> smurfing it. Yeah. So not a lot of examples of that uh, at all, or even kind of analogies for it. All right. Uh, MSI groups done. Rumble stage up next. NA. More uh, like a 50% chance, according to Monty. Possible. It is possible there are upsets. Will they do it? We'll find well, out I, next I, time. I think I think people are just assuming that it's that NA is going to get out of this group when I would just like to remind people that it's still going to be really, really hard for them to do that. There you have it. Final thoughts, Dom? Uh, I'm just happy it's over, man. I'm happy that we're into the rumble stage. Like, <laughs> I don't think I've been as like me too unenthusiastic me about watching professional league in a while as MSI. Like it was actually fucking painful. It was really painful. Like I, I normally am the type of person where like I watched every single game of NA, every single game of AU, all split. If I say I'm going to cover a tournament, I'm going to cover it all the time. I didn't miss a game of Worlds, for example, right? I've literally only made like half the games of MSI. Like I actually just can't get myself to show up. Like it's so hard to wake up at 1 a.m. Like, cause you know, like how do you wake up at 1 a.m., right? Like what type of sleep schedule do you do if you're gonna have to be up from potentially one to 10 a.m.? Like you, so. I mean, I can tell you, cause I used to do that for Riot events when they were covering games in Asia, in Korea. This is the wild shit that, that Riot does. They flew me from Korea to LA to do analyst desk for a tournament that was happening in Korea. Nice. So what it, what I had to do, it, it's actually, it, it was, it was actually kind of fun. So what we did was we would go to sleep at like 2 PM, right? Wake mm. up at 10 PM, get ready, go to the studio by midnight, do it all night. Then we would come back at the, to the hotel at like 8 AM. We would go to the, like the breakfast restaurant at the hotel, we would go to the bar, order a bunch of drinks at like eight in the morning, because that was like our evening, get drunk and then <laughs> just get drink for four hours and then talk and pass out. It was a great time. <laughs> yeah. I didn't I know, know that was legal. That. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I'm sure the hotel thought we were very weird rolling into breakfast and ordering like a bunch of gin and tonics, but we did it all the time. <laughs> Nice. It's LA. I, I'm sure there's probably like, you know, some directors or some shows somewhere doing that. I mean, I think the problem with that for me is that like I've been doing like I have obligations during the day, too. So it's like yes. not possible yeah. for me to like we're recording this right now. It's 7 p.m. My time. The matches normally so the matches had right. been starting at 1 a.m. I mean, I, I just watched them the next day on VOD, right? Like I'm not going to ruin my schedule for that. Yeah. But I don't have the, the, the live streaming that you like to do, Dom. So it's tragic. I like to do Sorry, it'll it'll be it'll be it'll be over soon. Don't worry. You only have what? Eight more days more of weeks. these broadcasts, I think. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's like five days in Rumble Stage and then or five or six days in Rumble Stage and then like three days of uh of playoffs and that's it. Okay. 
Sounds good. Two semis in a final. Yeah. All right. Well, we will cover it all and we will make sure we have our coverage next week for this Rumble stage. And we'll have you covered here on Deserto. Make sure to like and subscribe this video. Support us. You can follow them on Twitter and Instagram and on our Twitches as well. All right, everyone. Have a great week and we'll catch you all next week for more MSI action.